0: Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Ben Richards with the Strayer Outdoor Podcast. First podcast of 2021. Woohoo! Joining me today are a couple familiar guests. We got Justin and Joe from Black Swamp Crew. And we're going to get after it and talk about their season recap. um, And the season coming to an end, or getting ready to come to an end in Ohio. Um got some good stories and uh just everybody hang on stay tuned. This is Straero Outdoors. me here again on this fine January evening are two of the regulars, Justin and Joe from Black Swamp Crew. Fellas, how you doing? Pretty good, how are you? Just peachy, just peachy. So it's been a while since we've actually kind of talked. Uh, Actually, the last podcast I did was ours, so... And that was like October 27th. That was a good one. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was.
1: We had a good time on that one.
0: They're always a good time, but that one was pretty damn good. <laughs> um, so, let's... Let's start off 2021 here at Strayer Outdoors and Black Swamp Crew with this... Let's just knock... This one right out of the park. Let's do it. Yeah. Alright, so... (laughs) Justin, if you want to start... um, Of course, for everybody that doesn't know... These guys hunt in Ohio. As well as myself, primarily. And we still have, like, another month left of deer season. So, if everybody else is feeling the same our patience is wearing thin it's getting bad but um, let's start off justin with you get us up to date with you to right now and then joe will go with you afterwards
1: i just recently moved but uh before i left i hunted hunted as much as i could um the last deer i actually seen was down there while hunting i was actually uh relieving myself in the morning and as uh as i stood up i just seen a white tail run over the ridge and that was the last deer i've seen while hunting um i moved up
0: here
1: um moving's always rough man but uh I got, a, I got a funny story about uh, the first time I moved with uh, with my family, we were moving for, to Cleveland to go to welding school, right? And um, I've hooked up a million trailer hitches in my life. You know, in the Navy, I pulled small boats. When I got out, I did construction, heavy machinery, pulled those. You know, I did asphalt, pulled those, and then I drove semi-trucks. So I've hooked up a ton of trailers in my lifetime. And uh, I was hooking my, my Jeep up to pull it on the U-Haul, and then my wife is going to follow
0: me, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So I was like, hey, babe, stand in front and guide me onto this trailer because it was real tight because I had white tires on my Jeep at the time. She's like, okay. So she straddles the trailer hitch, which I didn't see. I would have never let her do it at the time. As I as I pull onto the trailer hitch, my wife holding my one-year-old son go flying in the air. The trailer comes off the hitch. Boom! Launches him up in the air, right? Jesus. <laughs> And I can't, I can't back off the trailer at this time because I got the trailer up in the air. I don't know where they fell. All I'm thinking is, oh shit, I just killed my family. And uh, <laughs> so my wife, my wife sticks her head up and she starts crying. My son's crying, and I'm like, oh shit, all right, they're all right. So I walk back inside. I'm like, all right, f this trailer, you know, we'll make two trips. So this move, we didn't even, we didn't even mess with the trailer. We were just gonna make two trips. And uh, we were going to have to drive through a big city, so I was like, hey, I'm going to get us some walkie-talkies. That's a good idea, right?
0: <laughs> oh,
1: my son's four. So we left at like 4.30, 5.30 in the morning. He was sleeping. Like at like 10 minutes into the trip, I hear, Thank God! I'm like, oh, shit, you know, he got a hold of that thing. <laughs> so, so for like two and a half hours, it's so i'm like oh my god so i, I turned my off and i i text my wife like hey tell him my batteries died you know <laughs> so now i'm back up here in uh in ohio where i'm from and uh doing some late season boat hunting can't really find any deer on the public right now there's been three gun seasons now and uh usually it's real tough hunting this time of year on the public land but we're gonna try to find
0: them. We're gonna keep grinding. I'm gonna set some trail cameras out. Now that muzzle muzzleloader season's over, and I should pretty much have the wisdom myself. Usually, not many people hunt past muzzleloader, so we'll see how it goes. Right on. Um Yeah, piss on the whole moving thing. That's no fun. I don't care who you. Oh are. yeah. I don't. I don't care who you are. Like. I hope next time my wife and I move, it's our last time, but I highly doubt it, so. You never really realize how much shit you have until you pack it all up and move it either. Oh, yeah, and I move like the clamp. Halfway through it, I'll get so pissed. I'll just be standing at the back of the U-Haul just throwing it. You know? Last time we moved, I just threw a bunch of shit away. Oh, yeah, I do that, too. But, uh... Yeah, that sounds pretty uh, entertaining. Um, everybody have a good holiday, Christmas, New Year's. Everybody have a good one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry I didn't ask right off the rip, but uh, that's good, good to know. Um, okay, Joe, what's been going on with you, bud?
1: Since um, the end of December, Uh, one of the crew guys and I went out uh, that two-day gun season. uh, I think this year was the 19th and 20th. We went for a little bit one afternoon and uh, saw nothing. But what ended up happening for me during first gun week was um, I took the week off of work and uh, taught it every day Um, and the day I decided to switch it up and sit um, in the afternoon or I guess it was afternoon evening instead of the morning was that Saturday and um, you guys know from the Instagram page and stuff Charlie was with me and we're kind of sitting up uh, on the edge of a uh, cut cornfield. Finally, they've been cut. It took them forever, but um, we're kind of sitting up on like a real, I guess, uh, like kind of a soft edge where it's uh, kind of a ridge kind of thing. It's slightly elevated, and you can kind of the, the the field kind of slopes down, and you kind of have a you, you have a pretty good uh, field of view over the, uh, not only the field, but the the tree line. And we're looking um, directly at the tree line where not 10 yards into there, into that piece of woods I killed a turkey two years ago. So that area just has, like, good vibes about it. And we're just sitting there, and I'm leaning up against a tree. I'm sitting on the ground, and I got my feet kind of kicked out. And I'm over here and I'm taking, uh, I'm pouring coffee into my thermos cup. Charlie's on the binoculars. He goes, Joe, there's a deer in the corner of the field. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. Like, quit fucking with me. Because uh, I hadn't seen a deer all week. And at that, at that point, I been—I I was just burnt out just from the whole season of just really not seeing much activity at all. And. Uh, I, can, I pull up my binoculars and they're kind of fogged up a little bit because it was, the temperature had just plummeted since that day and it was starting to snow pretty good. And um, my binos and I'm kind of looking and I can barely see it. He's probably, he's at least probably 350 yards away. I got a muzzle loader, so I, it's not really going to, I mean, that's not going to work. So, uh, and it was getting kind of dark too. It might have been around 4 well, maybe 4.30 And then, um, Charlie can hardly contain himself because he's never even seen a deer in the woods before. Uh, this was his first year. Heck he yes. shaking He's like, oh my God, oh my God, that was so awesome. Not 10 minutes later, about maybe halfway in between that tree line and us in the middle of the field comes walking a pretty good sized doe. So, she comes walking out from the tree line to our right hand side right in the middle of the field. She's perfect, perfect broadside. And I don't even know what kind of noise I made at her but I got her to kind of slow up a little bit. She was just barely, barely walking. I pulled the, the rifle up and uh, I got her in the scope, and I don't know. It, it had to be a combination of just nerves, and uh, I think just a complete lack of like visibility because it was it was just about end of shooting light. And uh, I put the hammer back and I let one go, and we uh, we looked we cut circles in that field for almost probably half hour, and we, there was no
0: blood or nothing, so, my guess is I didn't hit it, but, it was exciting, Yeah. so, you know, came pretty close, it would have been cool if I would have connected, but, whatever, that's why they, that's why they call yeah. it hunting, Hey, though, you know, that's, at least you got some. Sh- anytime you get to shoot, I mean, at least you had some excitement. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yep, for sure. A little adrenaline. Well, no,
1: it's, not all, it's not for naught, really. I, uh, at least I kind of have a better idea and a little bit more of a confirmation to what Justin and I had suspected is where we were at. So the direction we were facing. Uh, I guess we were sitting facing west, and right to the north is a pretty good sized lake. And right on the south uh, kind of shore of that lake, there's a lot of real thick, kind of like sanctuary kind of area. I guess you could call it. Yeah. And we were, we had it on good authority that they were uh, kind of holed up in there, especially after a week of gun season, and then this regular archery season being in se- since uh, September. So, and that's where they were coming f- out of and going, seemed to be going back in. So, that's all useful information.
0: Yeah, future reference. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that was an interesting day, though. Another uh, quick funny story about that day was so <clears throat> We were on the way into our spot. Uh, we were still driving on the main road. And there's a spot where you can kind of look. There's a couple of spots where you can kind of look um, like on the shoreline of this lake. And
0: it's like some real heavy like kind of like shale rock and that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, believe, I think I, I was driving... And I see this thing on the shore of the of the lake. I just see like this this object. And I'm thinking I drive past it and I'm doing probably doing like sixty. And I drive past it, and I'm like, I'll be damned if that wasn't a deer. So I turn around, <laughs> go back up the main road, turn around again to be facing the right way. And I, I pull my truck and put my uh, off to the side and put my flashers on. And before I can, I'm like, cause I'm losing my mind. I said, there's a deer standing right there. He doesn't even he doesn't even see us. I told Charlie, I was like, I'm about to jump in this water and swim to that bastard. Like, I, <laughs> I was oh, my God, there's a deer there. Charlie's standing in, like, kind of, uh, kind of like sitting in my window, like, looking over the roof of the truck with the dinos. He looks at me dead in the face. He goes, you're not gonna be happy about this. I go, what? what what's wrong? He's
0: like, it's a huge rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't it. I was like, give me the binos. So I, I pull them up. I look. Sure enough, it's a it's the most deer looking rock I've ever seen. So, so I gotta ask, did you? How many looks through the binos did you give it to confirm? It was least, a rock. At least six, probably. Five or six. Just to try and save yourself a little little bit of embarrassment. Yeah, honestly, it was just... I think it was beyond embarrassment. It was just shame. just love. Like, I got so
1: excited. It was such a letdown. <laughs> I was gonna... I mean, I, was, I had half a mind to just... To lean the rifle on the guardrail and just shoot him right from the road. It wouldn't... Like... Uh, I was, I was like,
0: oh, my God, he's right there. He doesn't even see us. Gee
1: whiz. Yeah, I was like, oh, my my heart sank. I was like, you got to
0: be kidding me. <laughs> uh, oh, it happens, man. Your mind starts... comes of the, the, the day, though. He had a good time. I figure he did. Right. What, it's, you know, I've been trying to
1: make sure he's keeping the faith, you know, because I told him, he's like, you know, his first year out, and he's like, man, you know, we're not seeing anything, whatever, I'm like, believe me, when it happens, even if you don't even uh, have a shot on something, if you, once you see something, it's over, you're, you're, you're stuck, it's, you're never going to want to do anything else.
0: And this is very true. Enough, him. Very true. Yeah, he was probably he was probably pretty relieved that it was you know him or you, Joe, that saw the rock deer and not him. Oh yeah, well, my, I
1: mean, I, I just, I've been kind of trained that even like when you're driving, just keep your eye out because you don't know what's gonna pop out of the woods into the road. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Justin, how many times have we seen deer crossing the road? Oh not God, we scared one back into the woods from the road, and I, I shot at him later that afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I I was going to say, we were still hunting that day, and we had we had bumped a couple does on the way in, and we're walking around, and all of a sudden, we're at the back side of this piece, kind of in a funnel, I was like, Joe, there's a buck right behind you. Like, this buck was, like, following us down the road, down this, like, logging road, and so we turn around, he kind of spooks, he runs off, and I was like, I was like, that's I was like, that's the dumbest deer in the woods. He's gonna be right back. He's after them does. And so we moved over and sure as shit, twenty five minutes later he comes running back down the same trail and yep. just gets a shot at him. Yep. He was love struck, man. He was after them does. Yeah, he had his head was his nose was glued to the ground. And he was right he walked out like right behind us, like he was following us, it seemed like. Oh so yeah, he was he was walking perfectly in our footsteps. Yeah. I was
0: like, killer there's a buck right behind
1: you. Tramp stand, baby. <laughs> <laughs> <You're living. laughs> Hell yeah. This has been a rough year for me. I've never seen so much deer sign and not seen deer. I don't know what's going on, but, uh. It's kind of the same problem we came across. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never hunted down where I was at before, but I mean, I'm finding scrapes as big as car hoods, like two or three of them next to each other. Yeah. you know i'm driving around i'm seeing deer everywhere then i get in the woods i don't see a thing exactly and it's just frustrating and then now uh now where i'm at is where i kind of grew up hunting so i kind of know this place pretty good i also know there ain't a lot of deer here but um i, I know it real well so i'm excited to kind of get after it this next next couple years and stuff but uh i'll tell you about uh there's a place over here where it's kind of like a forestry project, I guess. Like, every every so many years, they,
0: they burn it. Yeah. And uh, they, burn the, they burn the ground, and they
1: kind of let, let like, a, like, a thicket grow. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they'll plant pine trees. And so, like, right in this area, there's, like, really old pine trees, you know, really tall. There's nothing on the ground. It's bare. So you never, you never see deer there. But right next to it, they planted new pine trees. And so they're, like, six to eight feet tall. So I was like, I'm going to go right there. I've seen deer there in the past. It's real thick. I know they've been there. So I start heading that way this year. And as I'm getting in, I'm following deer tracks coming out of the pine trees. I'm like, perfect, just like I thought, just like it's been in years past, you know. I get back in there, and there's a dude with a machete and an axe cutting down a cutting down a Christmas tree. And uh, I snuck out of there, and I could hear him running off to the woods. I didn't see him because I'd walked off. I didn't want anything to do with him. And so he was getting himself a free Christmas tree off the state forest land. (laughs) Yes. And uh, out here, like the... Joe knows, like the public out here is... uh, I'm not going to say where I'm at, but... The public out here is... uh, It's real spotty, real small pieces. You know, like 20 acres here, 10 acres here, 40 acres here. And it's all, like, in between houses and in between farms. So it's almost like... It's almost like urban bow hunting, kind of, but it's,
0: like, in the country, if that makes sense, but it's in between houses and stuff, so... Yeah. I've been having a hell of a time this year since I've been back up
1: here. I've had, uh... I think out of the five sits I've done up here, I think three or four of them, they were shooting guns. or riding four-wheelers on their property. So, I mean... Yeah, it's it's tough up here because it's real small, and then there's a state park that they all go into. I mean, you can almost hand-feed them out of the park. But, um... over here, they're you know they're all shooting guns, and then gun season they they push the public onto their private so that they can shoot them on their private. So it, it gets a lot of pressure up here, and uh, the Second Amendment's a big thing over here. So they're always right. firing them off. Hmm. I've
0: been into that trouble a lot lately, but it is what it is. I've I've killed deer here in the past, so I'm excited. Right place at the right time, my man. That 90... It's like... I don't know. I'll say it's like 95% like luck. Right place, right time. And the other 5% is like what you're put willing to put into it. Oh, yeah. It's all, it's all luck. You can have a feeder out and never kill a deer, you know? They're wild. Exactly. Well, you've
1: been having some good luck. Let's hear about you and all these trail cam pictures and big old bucks you got wandering around over by you.
0: Well, you see... I got all these pictures and stuff, but I don't have, you know, any results. So, um, I don't know. Let's see. So, the highlight of 2020 was me killing the doe on my grandparents' property that I hadn't hunted in like four years. That was was pretty sweet. Um, But other than that, so, I can't remember if I... Last time we talked, if I told you about the absolute giant that came within 15 yards of me and I couldn't draw my bow back because of the lanyard on my harness, did I tell you about that? Oh, my God. Okay, so this would have been like, this was November 1st. That was a Sunday, I think. It was right there. It was either like the last day of October or the first day of November. It was a Sunday morning, and it was windier than hell. So, but I was like, well, you can't kill him sitting at the house. So I packed my shit up. And I get over to my uncle's place there in Ohio. And daylight breaks. And wind's, wind's probably 10, 12 miles an hour. We'll, we'll go with that. That's being, that's probably being kind, because it was probably worse than that. I, was, I felt like a jackass afterwards, but... So... You can't hear anything. <clears throat> and you know how your eyes and mind will play tricks on you if it's windy in the woods? If you catch something out of the corner of your eye, you're immediately drawn to it and then come to find out it's, you know, it's just a leaf or a branch. Yeah, just about every time. So, so like, you know, you're, you're I'm struggling with that. But sun comes up and I just happened to look out in front of me and I caught a flash of white. What's coming at me? And... It was moving at such a high rate of speed, I thought it might have been a coyote. It was not. It was this little, like, three-point, three like, forky on one side, just one on the other. He's going to be a neat deer in a couple years, though, because his bases are huge, but he's a tiny deer. So... <clears throat> And he had been running for so long, he was, like, foaming at the mouth. And I was like, what is dogging this? You know what I mean? Like, what's running him this early? And I, I, You know, I thought for sure, okay, well, coyotes have been dogging him or the neighbor's dog or, you know, something like that. No. <clears throat> what was pursuing him was an absolute giant. My boy Debo was running him down. That was the big, heavy, like, I don't know. He's all crazy. I don't know how many points he actually has. I think he's got, like, 13 because he's got some stuff around his bases, but he's just gnarly. I thought there was, like, a Budweiser horse running through the woods at me. And so, anyhow, he got... I went ahead and got ready. Like, you know, I was like, okay... I'm playing this scenario out in my mind I'm like okay he's gonna be in this shooting lane like in in five seconds he's gonna be right here well that deer he wasn't gonna stop for anything so but that was also kind of it kind of benefited me too because he wasn't worried about anything else other than that little buck whatever that buck did to him that morning that was on his mind to take care of so. He keeps coming to my right, coming to my right, coming to my right. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, something doesn't feel right. Because, like, you know, you're following something with your body. And, like, I felt something on the back of my right arm. And I was like, what is that? And I got to thinking, I was like, okay, that's my, my lanyard off my harness or tether. I said, that shouldn't be an issue. So... About that time, you know, he's at 15 yards. And I'm like, he has no clue I'm here. Here you go, Ben. It's your time. And I go to, like, start to draw back. And I'm like, you can't do that, jackass. That lanyard had got wrapped around my arm, kind of. Because I had it too low on the tree. And didn't give myself enough slack. So I had to sit there and watch that deer run off. It was pretty, it was pretty shitty. Because we're talking... I don't know. The bases of his main beams looked like, I mean, they were bigger than pop cans. Like, I mean, he was a he was a giant. I've never worn a safety harness again. <laughs> I wanted to. Well, here's the crazy thing. It all like it happened fast, but it was slow. It didn't bother me that I didn't get a chance to shoot him because he didn't know I was there. It didn't. That's it, like I found a little silver lining. I was like, okay, he had no idea I was here. There's a chance I'll see him again. So fast forward to the next weekend. That following weekend was crazy. I mean, the rut activity was great. Of course, it always is that time. You know that that time frame in November. Um, I played cat and mouse with another big buck. Um, every time I would see him in the morning, he was like 300 yards diagonal from me on a different little like wood patch. So I thought, well, I got a climber. I'll just hang it over there after work, like the following Friday. And I said, I'll hunt it that morning, see what happens. Sure enough, I'm in there that morning. That buck is across from me from where I had originally, like, originally saw him out of another tree stand. He's walking underneath my tree stand. Um, and then, I don't know, so then, the Ohio gun season came in, um, I think I went the last, like, that Saturday and Sunday, I went, I never even saw a deer, like, never saw a tail, nothing. Um, so then I kinda let, I kinda let things settle down, cause I'm pretty sure the surrounding properties, they get... Pushed pretty hard. Um, Oh, yours probably got pushed hard, too, if it only went two days. I they it. Oh, I guarantee it, because, like, even when I was, like, there, so I hunted Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, and Sunday morning, and Sunday afternoon, um, I probably heard more gunshots on neighboring properties than, you know, like, I was just like, what the hell? Because to this point in time, I was the only person that hunted that piece of property I have access to in Ohio. Like, nobody else had hunted it. And it kind of surprised me that I wasn't seeing any deer. But So, let that go. Um, I took a little detour and went with a buddy of mine that bought a piece of property in uh, Syracuse, Ohio. I don't know if it, you guys know where that's at. It's kind of like. No. You ever heard of Galapagos? Where? Galapagos? No. Or Pomeroy? No. Nope. Okay. Well, that, that's some southern Ohio stuff there. Plus little railroad towns or something. Yeah. Kind of, I guess. Nothing. I'm trying to think what would even be remotely close. Nothing, really. So, anyhow, he bought a piece of property down there. And, uh. I went and hunted it. For an evening, um, never saw anything. So, and then fast forward to okay, the week of Christmas. That's why I started getting those crazy trail cam videos of, this, yeah. of those bucks working those scrapes, dude. Um, that's that late in the year. Maybe there's a fawn that came in or something. Okay, so I'm telling you, <clears throat> there's there's a stand on that property that I hunt. And I I know, I don't know, this sounds weird or what, but, like, each stand or each part of that, like, farm I hunt has its own, like, deer, if you will. Like, some of them are the same, I'm sure, but there's a section, I swear to God, in that far corner where all the doe bedding is, I bet you there are eight does that are only, like, a year and a half. Oh, man. I put money on it. So cause all rifle season like you guys or like how you guys were talking about seeing all this sign and no deer that you know those two days that was me I even still hunted I got down on the ground and was like working my way through places where you normally would see deer but no deer but like you said Justin you know scrapes the size of car hoods so we go see so I got the video of the 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 first video of the buck working at scrape. So I go hunt that's next Sunday or the following day. I think it was. Yeah. I go the following day. Nothing. So we're on Christmas week at work. I get off work Wednesday. I go out Wednesday. Um I think I saw a handful of does some really big does too. like I'm talking like those big enough that if I were to shoot one and I called my uncle and he brought the side by side back to like load it up it's probably almost more than me and him can handle to throw in the back like these are some old deer that have probably been around for 10 years like old probably not worth a shit deed either to be honest with you probably like chewing on a piece of freaking rubber So fast forward to the Saturday, I was telling Justin about, so it's like four o'clock, snow's on the ground, this is right after, okay, it got really cold on Christmas, right, like super cold, super cold, like Christmas Eve, it got real shitty out, super cold Christmas day. Well, that Saturday, I was like, well, it's going to warm up to about 36 I said, $20 in my mind to myself. I'm like, $20. I bet you you get out in the woods and you see a buck out and about. Well, hence the trail cam pictures. So, so I'm sitting there, and it's like, and this, I quoted this as my best evening hunt I've had in I don't know how long. Uh, two does show up. And then this little weird looking. I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's a, just a little forky or if he's a five point or what he is. His nickname forever to me, though, after this will be Prick. So. Um, it's actually. He's the deer in the video headbutting the other deer. Or not headbutting him, but like dabbing him in the ass. And that's great video. Uh. Yeah, that little bastard. <clears throat> so, he shows up. Then that unicorn buck shows up. And I'm like, sweet. I haven't seen that unicorn buck since summertime. If he comes over here, I'm going to shoot him. And like five seconds later, here comes that big ten point. And I'm like, oh my god. Piss on the unicorn buck. I want that one. And then it just turned into a chess match of wind also i'm getting rid of my glasses and i'm getting contacts because the sun has screwed me a lot this year with the glare i've been picked off due to the glare from my glasses joe can you can you relate you have glasses don't you uh, it's the worst It is misery you, you're sit, you're sitting there doing everything you can the right way you know what i mean you're like wind is good it's in my favor sitting there i'm not moving there's deer then all of a sudden, like, they just... Because of your freaking glasses. Yeah. So, anyhow, where where these bucks showed up at first, they were probably like 60 yards away. And instead of coming straight in, like, so this is where I put my poor man's food plot in the beginning of the year. And I don't... Some of it must have survived, because that's what these deer have been eating on. Like, I figured the turkeys came and just wiped it all out because, to me, nothing looked any different, but they're tearing it up. So, instead of coming straight in, they kind of backtrack, drop over a path and on this little ledge and come around this point to get the wind in their favor. And I'm like, shit, I can't move because I got two does right here to my left. Anyhow, these deer, these these bucks get to, like, 30 yards. But I can't move. I can't do anything. And I'm, I'm just waiting for one of them to commit because I'm thinking to myself, if one of you bastards commits, everybody will commit and they'll come out. And I ended up getting picked off. And me and the 10-point played chess for like 45 minutes. Meanwhile, the unicorn buck who did commit, he's out there terrorizing does. And 10-point, I watched him disappear and I turned around and... You know, the unicorn deer still there. And I was like, you know what? You're still going to be the biggest thing I've ever killed if I kill you. So I guess, you know, I'll give it a shot. I, I got my bow drew like halfway back. He wasn't even looking at me. And he just heard something he didn't like. And he never even looked. Nothing. He just, he was gone. All in one motion. Gone. Dang. And I just... I don't know if that was just like a one-time deal that I'll see those bucks like daylight like that because especially this late in the year, you know what I mean? Because like right – that was right after some harsh weather. So we don't have any of that coming up for a while, and we're getting to that point now where it's like, okay, here in the next like couple weeks, bucks are really going to start dropping antlers, you know what I mean? Like they're going to start shedding. Um, I'm kind of flirting with that idea of giving myself a timeline to, like, cut it off and just, you know, be done. But I don't want to eat this tag, either. You know what I mean? I don't want to eat this $80 tag. Just shoot up, man. Believe me, I don't want to eat my $30 tag, but, yeah, uh, don't help my situation that I kind of, uh, I put myself in a bit of a uh, quandary by selling my bow. Mm-hmm. And uh <laughs> into another bow by the end of the season, that's uh you know, this is gonna happen. Well, that that happens. Did you yeah. so you want like a new bow or like you you just yeah, well, shooting, uh, I know you're a Hoyt guy, I've
1: been shooting the, uh, the Helix, I bought it right. when it came in three years ago, I think now. And I gotta be honest, that bow, I mean, that bow is super fast, and it's super quiet, and it, it hits really hard, and I did mine was only pulling like 16 change, I think 16, maybe, it was 60 pound limbs, but it was maybe pulling 63, 64 mm mm-hmm. And, um, Honestly, the more I shot that bow, the less I liked it. Huh. And it just there's a certain things I didn't love about it. I think whatever the bow itself, that bow itself is kind of heavy. And then just the way I had a tight spot quiver on it, then I ended up having to run a back bar with it because the tight spot would pull so bad to the one side. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I got that whole rig set up, that thing weighed a ton. And just the way that riser is and stuff, it just would hang up on every single thing I would walk through. And um, I kind of noticed, like I don't know if you'd notice this with the Hoyt bow, but the back wall is kind of spongy. Yeah. And i I just, re- I just kind of realized I'm not a real big fan of that. So I went a couple weeks ago. Uh, I just happened to. I saw the guy who runs the archery shop I go to had been out. Um, He wrecked his dirt bike earlier this year. He had been out of work um, for most of the summer and stuff, so I just happened to see him back in the shop there, so I stopped in there to start just to bullshit with him for a second. I noticed he had the, uh, the new Matthews bow that was set up. He had one for himself that he had ordered. And he had it set up, um, and it, it just so happens that me and him are just about the same measurements as far as draw weight and draw, uh, especially draw length. And I, uh, he let me send a couple arrows through his. He had the, the longer, the 31-inch uh, mass use, the V3. Mm-hmm. But man, you know what? If I, if I can sell my Hoyt um, and get a good price for it, I think I'm going to put it towards one of these. So, uh, I think that might be the one. Either that, or I'm really also look, I'm looking at the, uh, the new, uh, the new Elite. The, I think it's called the Encore. So I don't know. I want something that's a little bit lighter, a little bit slimmer, and, uh, get more of a solid
0: back wall. I got you. So, yeah. They... I know. A... Somebody made me a
1: good offer on the. So I kind
0: of, I kind of had a jump on it. One th- oh, yeah. one thing's for sure. those deer, there's deer always be there waiting on you at some point. So I mean, um, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too uh, worried about it. But to be honest, I, Justin and I had this conversation the other day. Uh, I
1: was getting kind of burnt out anyway, just tired, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. You feel guilty about it, but then you know, like Justin and I kind of came to the conclusion that, like, especially me this year, I hunted more this year than some guys hunt in two or three years. Right. So, you know, I don't feel, I don't feel terribly guilty about
0: it. But I would have liked to have had the season kind of play out a little different. But I learned a lot, so I chalk it up to a s you know, I chalk it up as a uh, success. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You
1: know. So, we got turkey season, too, which I'm pretty excited about. And I honestly, um, I hate to admit this, but I actually think I
0: might like turkey hunting a little bit more than deer hunting. Right on. Right I know on. That's, that's, that's a heresy in, in Ohio. But, uh, I don't know, i got I
1: got to... What I think seems to be two uh, two gobblers
0: on the hit list. I'd be happy with either one of them. Yeah. I don't even want to think about those stupid birds, but. <sighs> Harry, honey.
1: What, what, what's funny to me is that I, uh, I'm relatively new to this whole game in, in general, and I seem to have, like, I seem to be able to talk to them turkeys pretty good. <laughs> for a reason they just like I don't know I've, I've, I've called a few of them into my lap um, whether or not I get a shot on one and I have, that, I, I have killed one but uh, I don't know I just feel like if there's turkeys around there and I start calling they, 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 they talk back to me like pretty easily so I don't know how I called those fall turkeys in for you I don't know, that was insane. Yeah, you called them in. Well, what's funny about that is, I think that was that fall turkey season, I I went out, like on just a a Sunday afternoon or something for a little bit, and I called, I think, four or five of them, they almost walked right into my lap. It was like my second time turkey hunting ever.
0: I almost got one this fall.
1: The only reason I couldn't blast one is because I, I went to... I went to reach uh, for the cotton and they they busted me. They were so close. We weren't even ready when those fall turkeys came in you shot. We were leaving. <laughs> we were leaving, yeah. I was like kneeling on the ground, packing up my bag. I just mouthed them in, and they just came in. They were, they were, I must have sounded like a little baby turkey, because that mama was looking for her, and she almost walked right on top of me, and I was like, oh, shit, Joe ain't going to shoot. As soon as I set the phone down to quit filming, he blasted her. They came in like on the springs because I, I didn't really see where he sat down because they were coming in. I was like, oh shit, just sit down. And when I sat down, I couldn't even see Joe because I didn't even know where he was at. And I was just like, <laughs> and they just came running, and she she was like 10, 10 yards from me and just looking. So like, oh no shit, that worked. <laughs>
0: I had, <clears throat> I almost got one with my bow this year, but I got caught. <laughs> yeah, I've missed two turkeys now with my ball. I even, I even thought I played it safe. I let them all, I was like, you know what, Ben? <laughs> shoot the last one. Let them all go through and shoot the last one. That was a bad idea. I got, I got caught. Got the old, And they were all gone. Yeah, they're. uh, They seem to know what's going on way more than deer do. Oh yeah, what's that saying? What is it? Every every stump a turkey sees in the woods, I think, is a hunter, and every hunter a deer sees in the woods, I think, is a stump. Like, well, deer. I'm telling you right now. You know what kills? I feel like the number one cause of deer death is a Ford F one hundred and fifty. Well. (laughs) aside from that, it's curiosity. Curiosity kills a lot of deer. Oh, yeah. Curiosity kills a lot of deer. Yep. Turkeys? No, there's no curiosity there. They're freaking... If you're having a brain the size of a pea, they're, they're pretty dynamic. The first turkey
1: I ever seen, I was hunting... When I'm hunting now, I was probably like 12 years old. I'm hunting with my dad. Carrying a friggin' longbow, like a forty-pound longbow, and we're just—I'm creeping this this little edge between the cornfield and the woods, and my dad's like thirty yards into the woods. And uh, I think—I can't remember if it was the turkey ran out of the corn or if he was running in the corn, but this turkey just ran in front of me like. Oh! I was like, and I looked at my dad like, "What in the f- was that?" <laughs> my dad's like, "That was a turkey, aren't they ugly?" <laughs> It was, like, it was like 10 feet in front of me. It scared the shit out of
0: me. I should have shot it, you know, but I was like, what in the hell was that? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, to me, to me, deer hunting and turkey hunting are just so different, you know, like. Absolutely. You know, it's hard to explain to, some, you know, to somebody who doesn't hunt, but like, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Like. It's just, I don't know. It's hard to. It's really hard to explain it, but it's just, it's a different, it's just different. I, I think the best I've ever heard, like, someone put it, is a guy I actually met this year, just, because this year, like, I, I I've turkey hunted before, but I never got into it, like, I got into it this year, so I was at a local sports shop, and I was looking at some turkey calls, and me mean, this guy got to shooting shit or whatever, and, um. Is The way he described it to me, he goes, every turkey that I've killed or called in to me is a trophy no matter how big. You know what I mean? There's there's not like a... You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, that turkey, you know, he was almost, you know, Pope and Young or almost Boone and Crockett. No, like, you know, you were... And I think another thing, too, and I might be totally wrong with this, but from, like, where we're from, we don't hunt... Any animal really that where we called it, it, it answers us back, other than a turkey. Other than a turkey. Yeah. Well, and the interesting part of that to me is that I've heard um, guys that elk hunt that say that it's actually that turkey hunting is more like elk hunting than deer hunting is. Oh, I guarantee it.
1: For, for, for just that reason. Oh, yeah, I've been deer hunting 17 years. I've heard a buck grunt one time. Yeah. The way my dad always told me is, turkey hunting's like playing Marco Polo, and deer hunting's like playing hide and go seek. Yep. You know? Exactly. Like literally. Marco, it would really have something to do with the fact that I think deer hunting almost is like when you're successful. It seems to be like it's emotionally a little bit heavier, you know, just because it's. You're talking a bird versus a pretty good size, you know, like a fairly sized mammal, and it's, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's, um, it's just a
0: different feeling. I feel like you like the connection that you feel is much different between a turkey and and, and a deer. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Uh, if we want to get, <laughs> if we want to get like to a real spiritual level, I think that that's 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 that definitely has something to do with it. I can agree to that, and you know, like, I feel like I don't know if you if you take like your 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 deer hunters that you know they spend all this time in the off season scouting scouting for deer, you know, preparing for the the three months that you can hunt deer. Yep. There's a lot more time and effort that goes into deer hunting prior to it, you know, season. Turkey hunting, like, I feel like a lot of guys just do. Okay, well, it's March. There, You know, everybody wakes up on a Saturday morning in March. And if they live out in the country, you know, they sit on their back porch and drink their cup of coffee, and boom, you know, you can hear the Toms start gobbling in the morning. Yeah. You know, and that's that's okay, you know. Fast forward a couple weeks to the opening day of turkey season. Yeah, that's that's their scouting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, Whoever
1: the asshole in Ohio is that comes with the regulations drives me nuts for turkey season. They open, they
0: open it on a Monday every year. Is that for this year. Yeah, and then you can wait until noon for like the first two and a half weeks. Just like, oh, well, that's the working man, you know? Like, Jesus. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, uh, I can't be the only one that wish, wishes that turkey season was just a little longer. So like i wish it started earlier because i feel like i feel like you miss out on a lot like oh, yeah. I mean if turkey season came in like two weeks earlier maybe even a week and a half earlier type of if it you know what I mean like because I know for 2021 like this spring in west virginia they lengthened our turkey season it's uh, comes in way earlier and it's longer too. Mm hmm. Like, I think ours starts April 16th and goes to. Hold on, I'll tell you. It's it's a lot. They lengthened it by a good bit. See,
1: Ohio's is even later than that, and we even got a couple counties in Ohio that don't even open till May. That's true. And then we've got, we, then we've got the counties that you can't, you can't, uh, you can only turkey hunt in the spring. Yeah, and there's a, there's a public by like me where you're not even allowed to
0: turkey hunt. So. Oh. I don't, I don't so, uh, West Virginia's turkey season comes in April sixteenth. Hold on. right now on my phone comes in april 19th and ends may 23rd Okay. so you get like a little over a month to hunt ours is
1: april 24th april 24th to may 23rd is ours and then uh
0: yeah, The northeast zone is May 1st to May 30th. So, but how, how like, okay, what what'd you say, the first two weeks you have to be out of the woods by noon? Yeah. Okay, well, in West Virginia, you have to be out of the woods by 1 o'clock no matter what. Like, turkey season. There's no, you can't hunt in the evenings. <laughs> the reason for that, I don't, I'm not sure that makes sense. Much sense to me. Uh somebody somewhere said it has to do with like nesting purposes or some bullshit like that. I'm really really not sure, so but I I don't know. But see that's like that's like last last spring, okay, I hunted I I actually couldn't buy an out of state license. To go hunt in Ohio for like ever to the last weekend of turkey season, so I only got to hunt over there two days. Right. And that was the closest I've ever came to killing a bird was those two days. But like, okay, so fast forward like this year, I know exactly where I'm going. The opening day or the first day I can turkey hunt, I know exactly where I'm gonna be, exactly where I'm gonna sit, and I hope to God it happens because from the mistakes I learned this past spring. That's
1: pretty much got my plan of attack already. Already out. See, where I'm at, turkeys are super rare. It's like the, the worst... Well, where I'm at is the worst place in Ohio for deer and turkey, but especially turkey. But there's one area where there's, there's quite a bit of turkey and everybody that turkey hunt knows it. So you gotta get there real early. And last year I had, or two years ago I had some some birds roosted. Last year when I had some birds roosted, I went in opening morning and there was like there was like four trucks already there before me, and I was there like an hour and a half before sunrise. And when they when they came up, they were they were they were gobbling like crazy. They flew down. I was calling them. They were looping around. And uh, where I where I hunt, it's real small pieces. You can access it on any side. So, I didn't even know there was a dude over there. Turkey's walking over there. Boom. And, uh, I thought it was a kid. He said he rolled it. He didn't even kill the turkey. I
0: don't know what happened. But, I was like, man, there goes that. Hmm. So, obviously, talking about turkey hunting, the only thing I'm missing now is, is the tool. The gun. Because, like I said, literally, apparently nobody around here has you know a Winchester 20 gauge turkey gun in stock I'm about ready to call Winchester and just see if they'll like send it to a freaking a dealership they will yeah I bet you they will. the only thing I'll is though I'd hate to do that and then not like the thing you know what I mean like hold it and be like yeah I don't you know what I mean but. yeah I'm um, gonna So, yeah, I, I'm really not that sure about that either. <laughs> I don't know. My My goal for this turkey season, too, is to, like, okay, get my two spring gobblers in West Virginia and then run over to a high... I'm, I'm going to try and, like, burn myself out on turkey hunting, like, this spring. Like, just go. If I don't have any prior obligations to... My wife and my in-laws, like, a vacation-wise, there's a pretty strong possibility I might take, like, the first week off. Yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll probably end up taking a little time off
1: this, this year, turkey hunt. I've got a whole scheme I already thought up in my uh. it will probably crash and burn, but at
0: least i got to try it and see if it works. See, I'll probably get to her grandparents' place there, West Virginia, and I'll probably run into the bear this spring, and I'll probably get mauled. <laughs> That's what'll happen to me this time around. He'll be like, ah. Ba- you ever see bears on the Ohio side? No, dude. Like, fun fact. I looked that up one time. Ohio has an estimated bear population of, like, less than 100. So I don't really know what you would do if you came across one.
1: Sure. I got the worst luck we went to New Mexico every year as a kid they always see bears I've never seen them and then uh my grandma lived in Massachusetts she says she gets like four bears every day in her yard we were there for like two weeks never saw a bear I even caught a pike in the neighbor's pond and hung in a tree trying to see a bear when I was a kid I still couldn't see one huh. man this is terrible
0: so I've never seen one I've lived in West Virginia my whole life and I've I've never seen one um, of course, I. I don't know. I I think now they're more common now than they were like 20 years ago, especially where where I'm from. Um, I think I think West Virginia is going to have to do some. Um, they're going to have to either like allow. Baiting of some sort, or they're gonna have to have like a spring season for black bear here too, as opposed to. Some big bears that surprised me is New Jersey. Yeah, dude. Mm. Yeah. Like. I don't know New Jersey had bears.
1: Well, yeah. It, well, wasn't it New Jersey? Was it New York State or New Jersey that uh, they were trying to they were trying to outlaw bear hunting? I mean,
0: I don't know. I think it was Jersey. Uh, I heard a whole to-do about all that. I think it was Jersey. They're killing like 400 pound black bears in New Jersey. That's a big black bear. Yeah. That's a big animal in general. Like, especially with teeth and claws like that. Yeah, that's, that's That's a rather large animal. I'm on its menu if it wants me to be. Like, shit. I don't know, but, uh, so, so, if, other than turkey season, like, you know, we're getting into that, like, transition period, so, obviously, after, you know, bow seasons over with, you guys shed hunt a good bit, oh, I hear you, uh, um, sometimes I do, but, I mean, I don't, I don't see enough deer in the public to really... Justify it. My time. Yeah. Right. I shed here a long time ago. I walked a lot.
1: Never found a shed. I found I saw one shed when I lived over by Joe. And then my son first found a shed this last year, like by accident off the side of a road. I don't, I don't find a whole lot. I mean, I found some over the years, but it's, all like, it's always like random times, not like while well, I'm shit hunting. Right. I, just, I can't really pinpoint the deer enough to justify. I, around kid I agree. You know, I'm kind of the same for me. I don't have the antler obsession enough to really, to really
0: search for him like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Last year. With, with antlers, I'd rather just shoot it. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, know some, like, like I I used to work with this guy who, uh, he
1: was like, he was obsessed with shed hunting, like. We had a couple of deer that would hang out on our uh, company property, and he, uh, they, two of the bucks were absolute just units, and uh, actually the one ended up dying last year, last spring I think, and he goes out there and cuts his head off with a sawzall and um, and boils it and makes up just about the biggest euro amount I've ever seen. Hmm. Yeah, that dude that dude was a was an interesting uh, uh hmm. like he, his understanding of gear was like uncanny. That's that's the thing, like I've lived in different parts of Ohio now and I realized that where I grew up over here in Ohio, like shooting a dill with your bow is like a big deal. Anybody over here in this part of Ohio that shoots deer on the regular every year, like it's a, it's a big deal here to, to shoot deer with a bow. I live in a a pretty terrible county. Like they shoot, like, uh, like we're, like Southeast Ohio, they shoot like 5,000,
0: sometimes more deer per county. Yeah.
1: Where I'm at, it's just a couple
0: hundred. Damn. Like,
1: it's just, Yeah know. Yeah. Like if you was a here is like a prized
0: possession. Oh yeah for sure. I don't know if I would like peak my interest as a hunter like if I lived there if it were me like if I were in your shoes Justin like to like push that much harder to like make sure one of my deer was one of those like few hundred killed or. Oh, it feels good
1: See the numbers come out and how many deer were killed out of the public and one of those is yours.
0: But you try to keep that shit a secret. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell nobody. You know, but you're you're proud of shit in your mind. I, mean, I ain't telling nobody where I shot this thing. Yeah. I found it. <laughs> I... What do you mean? It was here. It was here when I moved here. It was already here. Yeah. But... Alright, so, you guys aren't into the shatter hunting thing. Do you guys do any, like, fishing in between now and and, and spring turkey season? Actually, actually, can we hold that thought for, like, two minutes? Yep. Two minutes. I gotta take a short break. I apologize, gentlemen. I will be... Right back. And we're back. So, anyhow, we were just talking about the differences in compound bows. And we're we're talking about, like, Matthews versus Hoyt versus whatever. So, anyhow, back to the, uh, that. I, one thing I've noticed about my Hoyt, see, I'm not a big guy. I'm, like, six foot, like, 170 pounds, okay? I'm not a big guy. My... My that Hoyt I bought, like there's guys that are bigger than me that I work with and hunt that say that bow is heavy. And I got the Carbon RX3, and I think it only weighs like all together supposed to only weigh like six pounds, like with everything on it. But it feels pretty heavy. I don't. So you're shooting which one? The RX three? Yeah, RX three turbo or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. So now if you're saying that,
1: that
0: carbon bow was heavy. Imagine. What wasn't that helix supposed to be an aluminum bow? What's that? Wasn't the helix supposed to be all aluminum?
1: Helix
0: is solid aluminum. So that thing is like an, like carrying an, 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 an anvil around. That's crazy. Oh, it's and you. I mean, you see pictures of that riser. It's just. hmm It's just a big solid chunk, and it's. <laughs> um, it it's, the, that bow shot really nice. That bow was dead quiet. No zero hand drag. That 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 thing would like you you know those big. Uh, those big foam block targets like the outdoor range has the, the big layer foam targets. Yeah. Something not make gigantic. Oh, that thing at 60 pounds, that would, bury, um, that would bury an arrow of two-thirds into one of those targets. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were, they were out of there. They, uh, I'm waiting for Justin to give us his pitch on Elite. You know, Where's that? He's, it at? No, no, he's got out. to give us a... Uh, well,
1: my ball, I chose the Elite Ritual 35. My ball's 35 inches axle to axle, so I got a long bow. But I knew in my mind... I know myself, I don't like sights. So I've already ripped all that shit off this year. I'm shooting fingers, instinctive, on my compound. So I, I wanted that longer axle to axle, cause I know myself, I'm not an aimer. You know, I've been shooting instinctive for, you know, 20 freaking years. So when I shoot a sight, it's almost awkward to me. Yeah. So so I was like, I'm just gonna shoot it. Most of the time I shoot traditional. But I'm like, I'm gonna shoot instinctive, you know, with a compound, you know. And, uh, I think mean, the weight is all relative to how you hunt. Like, some people don't notice how heavy their bow is because they walk 200 yards with a sling on to their tree stand and hang it on a hook. You yeah. know, other people like, like me, I realize my bow feels like I'm carrying the Hammer of four because I got six, six, I carry six arrows. They're almost 600 grains each. I have a camera on my stabilizer. I got 11-inch heavy stabilizer. And then I had a decoy strapped to, to the front of it, and I was walking around, you know, holding it up, doing like a hammer curl as I walked through the woods in case I bump a gear because it's so flat here and so, so open in some parts, you know, I'm holding it up. And I get to the, I'm like, God damn, my bicep's cramping, you know. Like, I got like this bad boy up. So I came home, I ripped all that stuff off. I, you know, I think it's just the way you hunt. Like, I still hunt a lot, I walk around a lot, so I'm holding my bow up a lot. So, like a heavy bow to me, You know, it's different than a heavy bow to someone that sits in a tree stand and doesn't still hunt, doesn't walk around with it. You know, they take their arrows off their bow. I can't really do all that stuff. You know, I I walk around with my my arrows on my bow. I I have a camera on my bow. I had a decoy on my bow. You know, I shoot a real heavy arrow. Now I just made my arrows even heavier. I'm shooting, Uh, I got a 100-grain insert with a 150-grain broadhead, 5-inch feathers. And, uh, I mean, it shoots sweet. So you're are you, you're on a brass insert? Yeah. No, I think it's copper. I think it's copper or brass. I don't know One of them. Okay. Yeah, I was I was kicking around the idea and trying to send up like that out um, just to see. I don't know how they grip and stuff, and then if I like it, I'll hunt with it. I honestly don't notice a difference when I'm shooting. It didn't really add a whole lot of drop to my arrow, but uh, I think Though, because if you if you think about it, like the extra weight is pulling that arrow versus yeah, I want it for if I hit his shoulder, I'm gonna hopefully blow through it. Yeah, and I'm shooting a Winslow Woodsman out of a compound, which I don't know if that's been done. That's kind of a traditional head, but it's a it's a big beefy looking thing. And a, I about like, a left. That broadhead never been shot. Yeah. Those things are just made for penetration. So I think I think it'll be a good setup. I think I think with modern equipment, shooting instinctive, I think you're the most dangerous guy in the woods. You know, you don't have to range find nothing, you don't have to set up a release. I can and a little snap an arrow on it. I'm shooting feathers, so if I'm in a rush it don't even matter how I set the arrow on it. And I can just pull it back and let it fly. Cause Joe knows how fast it happens on the ground. Oh, uh, it's ridiculous. Well, that's why I switched my bow. I mean, I was, this year. I'm switching my bow setup a, a great deal. That's why I shot the EVV because how fast I could get on a deer. I mean, you see how fast I got on that bow? It was like it was like one second full draw. Pop! And I let her go and hit her right, and it would have been a hard shot, but I had a bad arrow set up. Uh, I'm thinking this year or this this next year, this next season. I'm thinking I'm going to, uh, I'm still going to run sites, but I'm going to run that, if I end up buying that Matthews, they make that two-piece quiver, it's a fixed quiver, and everybody I've talked to says that that thing is was really nothing, well, that works out just fine for me, because I never take my quiver off, I just, I don't even have the luxury of, of that even being, I, I shot a two-piece quiver uh, last year with my Elite. I love two-piece quivers because it, it kind of evens out the weight on the top and bottom. It just it doesn't make your bow so top heavy to the right, you know. Yeah, well mm-hmm. that's that's what that's part of what made my bow so damn heavy to be uh my hoist so heavy is because I had that tight spot quiver. And that thing's fine and dandy, but uh that, you know that thing holds super tight there um, to your uh, riser, but you uh. Um, you don't have that thing sucked just as they can go, man, that thing that'll take your bow and just and just t- tweak it out of whack. It's it's so heavy on that side of that uh on the side of that bow and then you that you run into having to run a back bar and now you're talking however much extra weight with that. So I remember I held your bow in the woods the one time, I was like, damn, that thing's heavy I mean, it works, I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, at the same time, bows back in the day were super heavy. I mean, I think it's all relative to how you hunt, you know? Yeah. So you know, you walk a lot, you walk around a lot, so a, a heavy bow to you is going to be different compared to someone else. A heavy bow to me is, is nothing for, to a lot of people, but, and I'm not, I mean, I'm by no means a small guy, you know, I'm, I'm pushing three and you know 350 pounds i'm pretty I'm a, I'm a sizable uh fellow but uh i tell you what man that you combine um any good sized day pack and then you're talking then you've got uh you know in my pack i run a little tree seat and stuff and i have it kind of tucked in between the frame and the bag of my pack and then i'm carrying around that uh Damn bow, I, you, I tell you what, you're burnt out at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. You know, that's like, uh, you've been training for a marathon. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I could, I could make 400 pounds back in the day, and holding my bow up in like a hammer car walking through the woods. That shit wears you out. Oh, for <laughs> sure. But, uh, yeah, so I think that as far as, I think I'm gonna switch up my setup. Aggressively, and I'm going to run, if I don't, I'm going to, I might, I'm, I may or may not give that easy V side of whack, just it's all about, especially because he's got the, you know, the satisfaction, you can't, he'll take it back if you don't like it, so whatever, and if nothing else, even if I don't love it, I might still hang on to it, and I'll put it on one of my older posts and <clears throat> see if, you know, see if I can't figure it out to where I do like it, I like the easy V for bow hunting, but if you're trying to shoot dots and stuff, it's yeah. impossible. I mean, unless you can picture a basketball around the dot. Yeah. If you're, if you're framing a deer. I mean, you've seen that. I shot, I shot a deer walking, that buck walking, and then that doe, and both of them are so fast. And I mean, I, I hard shot that deer. He died in 40 yards. Yeah. It's, well, honestly, it's still, I, I should have deer target a lot anyway, so. Yeah, and I mean, target panic is virtually eliminated because you're not trying to bury a pin. You don't have the sights blurring, you know. Some people like, like honestly, when I shot when I shot my first year last year, and uh, I don't even know if I settled up a pin. I just feel like I saw a blur of colors and just cranked it off. You know, I had target panic or something. I don't know. If I got that easy be, I feel like that takes it all away somehow. I have no idea. But you're up to you, frame it, and you let her go. I feel like since I'm not trying to bury a pin and all this thinking it's just so much easier for me but now i got all that stuff off and i'm just going to stink it right i think i probably ended up running that result for rest the qad and uh just because now they make one that is so much smaller and lighter it's it made to fit on that riser and um I might even switch maybe try a thumb release just so I can clip it onto the D loop
0: and just leave it get, yeah. your, get your back tension release Joe you know what I, I like that
1: too I just feel like I don't know I, I, on the ground I would never want a back tension on the ground I just I feel like you wouldn't have enough time to really to really squeeze that shot off like you should with a back tension release yeah like that like that deal that we shot at Joe you know, like those two deer were running. I literally had an arrow knocked, and I just drew my ball, the there and it stopped, and I shot it. You know, it was, it was literally like that fast. You you didn't have time to range it. If I had a, if I had worked myself through a hinge, I never would have got that shot off. Because I mean, as soon as I made that noise, she pinned us. We were we were two grizzly bears sitting behind a of log. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she had us pinned at you know 18 yards. The bad as it sounds, like sometimes. Hunting on the ground is not really the time or place to execute uh, textbook uh, archery
0: discipline. You know. Oh yeah. Sometimes, I, I know. I've I've seen some situations and been in some situations where you know
1: you don't know want to, but you, know, you might have to punch that shot a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Just because. Oh yeah. A little walk in, and you might only have a little
0: tiny little hole. <laughs> you pick your shooting window, like all right. As soon as it walks through there, I'm gonna let her off. A lot of times, you like quote unquote like will will something to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, if you try to stop a deer on a lot of times on the public we hunt, you know they're so pressured they just out of there as soon as they hear them. Man, doesn't care. I'd I'd start yelling at him or something different. I don't know. I, I was there. Dude, I, I'm telling you, like, that time of year, it's just like you can get away with literally murder in the woods. You can throw a rock, you can throw a rock and hit that deer in the freaking head. He don't care. He's fucked up or messed up, but um, so. With your recurve, Justin, um, you ran that easy V on it, correct? There for a while. No, yeah, on that the recurve, I just shoot instinct. Just straight instinct? I could have swore I thought you had, I apologize, I thought you had that easy V on that recurve there for like no, I last not, year. I
1: it was a compound
0: but okay. uh, research, I mean they got the same riser, I painted them the same right dude after watching when I when I messaged you and told you that my dad got me that Fredbear DVD set dude they don't make they quit making men apparently back in like 1940 oh yeah dude that some of the stuff that like they did And I still have like Two and a half discs Left to watch of his stuff And He kills an elephant With a recurve bow. With his foot Yeah Is that when you're seeing He Uh,
1: shoots an I don't know if that's the one you got on video But uh He shoots an elephant With like a 150 pound recurve With his feet He lays down on
0: his back And he shoots with his feet I don't know if that was it or not. No, it, no, it wasn't. It was not. Yeah, it's like
1: a, it's like a famous thing, Fred he held it up with his foot. So he pulled his bow with his foot, and he used two hands to pull his bow back, and he shot it. That's oh God. It's insane. I remember seeing, um,
0: he did one, I think it was the, when he did the polar bear hunt on a, a snowmobile. Oh, yeah. That one's pretty awesome that's that's on there, um i I mean it's so crazy we could do a whole podcast about this like another time, like yeah. like like I think maybe we should, and we'll call it the the uh the evolution of the simplistic bow hunter is what we will title it as and because it is literally mind blowing how simplistic things were back then to how. Complicated everything is like today. Uh,
1: Every time I see a recurve, I want to throw my compounds out. I just love recurves and longbows so much. And I mean, it's in my blood. Like, my granddad lost his eye shooting a recurve. Like, he was shooting a tournament way back in the day and he was stringing his bow without a stringer. And his fingers were cold. He thought the string was on there. He turned it to look at it. It smacked him in the eye and he lost his eye. Damn. Recurves go way back to me like my dad grew up hunting north texas and hunting in new mexico running up the mountains with recurves
0: and i learned on a recurve hunted with it for years shot my first deer with a recurve i think so i mean it's, it's in my blood i get to, I, I love it but at
1: the same time i'm i get so sick because over here you don't know, you might only get one opportunity a year and for a couple years there you know i'd see deer at like 40 yards and i'm like god dang
0: is to recurve. sometimes i don't even try but,
1: and uh, it's just
0: impossible so i was like man i gotta get a compound so like you watch some of those old fred bear videos like there's this one him and his buddy were like they went hunting in pa on this farm they scouted around they literally built a blind the same day brushed it in his buddy shot a deer with with a with a Fredbear recurve at like 45, 45 yards back in the day in like the sixties, dude. I mean it just and it I, I don't I don't get it, man. And it's so you know who had it the worst back then? Was the camera guy carrying around that like five hundred pound like crank camera on his shoulders, like like, from the, from the movie King Kong, like, Curse of Skull Island or whatever it is. Like, that guy has that video camera, like, just rolling. That's who has it rough. Fredbear had a quote. He said, uh, 50 yards is inside, anything inside 50 yards is ball range. Nowadays, if you shot a 50-yard shot, these dudes on Instagram
1: would eat you alive. a like, dear, you're unethical, cool. ethical, like, Well, you're a supposed hero that you post seven times a year on
0: his birthday and all his super sweet quotes. Yeah, fifty yards,
1: you know. You're gonna you're gonna tear me apart for taking a twenty seven yard shot. Yeah. Well, there's guys that'll let you up for taking a fifty yard shot with a compound. Oh yeah. It's like, oh well, you know, we can't all hunt on Daddy's farm.
0: You know, it's just, like, take what we get, as as that is. There's nothing shitty about it, dude. It's, yeah. Like, the, this is how I look at it. Like, the, I'm not here to impress anybody else. Like, piss on you. <laughs> I'm here for me. We do it because we love to do it. We're yeah. Not, you know. Even more importantly than that, we're not here to tell anybody else how they should be doing hey, it. Hey, right on. Like, I, I think... You know, they're, they're yeah, so, like, I, personally, like, this year, I actually extended my, my bow range for me this year to 40 yards is my limit. Prior to this prior to this year, if that deer wasn't, like, if that deer was more than 30, 35 yards, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Not me, bro. I'm out. it. It's about that I shot at two
1: years ago. Forwards, you go, like 80, 90 yards? Uh, I don't give a shit what anybody says, man. That deer can't hear the arrow past forty five yards. It's not really gonna react. I just I just enjoy it, man. I, I don't want to wound deer obviously, but I mean I'm, I'm out there for myself. I don't I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks, you know what I mean? But the first deer I ever shot at was with a recurve. I missed
0: it at like 35 yards, it ran out to 70, and I shot again, and my dad looked at me like, you serious right now? <laughs> did you really think you were going to hit her? I'm like, no. I don't know, dad, I'm 15, I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, and the reason I did that, like, for the longest time, so like, three years ago, I, I'm, I'm hunting in Ohio, first year there, I walked back to the house, you know. My aunt and uncle's house. And here comes this buck chasing the doe around the house. And he was a nice deer. And I got in behind this tree in the yard. I was like, sweet, they're not going to see me. He's going to run 20 yards in front of me. No, he did not. The doe saw me. She ran off the opposite way. That buck probably stopped at like 40, 45 yards. And it's in that twilight like lighting you know what i mean like it's borderline but you got the cheap true glow sight on your bow where the pins are lighted well you you go to turn that light on well guess what the battery's dead so you know you're you're just going off straight like fading sunlight i put the pin on the deer what i think you know is eh, that's probably only 35 yards no no it, it was it was more than that and somehow or another the deer almost fell down and i'm pretty sure pretty sure the arrow went through his antlers like not like put a hole through his antlers but like passed through them somehow or another it, it was a terrible mess i never did find that deer and that's kind of why i think the unicorn deer that i saw last weekend is that deer but that's why I kind of put a put a a uh, limit on my range till this this off past summer when I got to shooting my new bow, the confidence level. That's and that's what it boils down to though. With those shots, when people give you shit about that's not an ethical shot, if you sit and practice that shot, like it. it and when I say practice, like I'm not sitting out there saying, okay, like I'm gonna shoot let's say I'm going to shoot 30 times at 20 yards, 30 times at 30 yards, 30 times at 40, but I'm only going to shoot 10 times at 50 yards. No. No, you, you shoot like 30, 30 times at 50 yards, you know, each each evening, you know what I mean? Until you're confident in yourself or that shot's not out of the realm of possibilities, you know what I mean? You're not sitting there, you're not second-guessing yourself. you've ever taken you know like like if your limit's 25 don't
1: practice going to 25 yards you know shoot to 50 60 70 80 yards that way you know 25 yards is you know it's just a chip shot yeah and you'd be you'd be surprised how tight you might be able to actually group at 60 yeah when i first went from recurve to compound i shot a playing card at 60 yards and i was like are you freaking kidding me yeah you know like these bows can do that, you know, because I've been shooting recurves and longbows.
0: I was like, "This is amazing." Yeah, I know. When I first started shooting, out to like actual distance, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed at what I could, what I, what I could actually do. Like, I think, and I think here's another factor. So, like, our, our locations, geographically speaking, maybe not so much your guys's, but mine. The, the farthest shot in all reality, more than likely, is going to be, like, 35 yards for me. No, oh, that's for us. Like, that, you're not going to get that. But now, like, if I got, you know, some of my, like, asshole buddies that I shoot bows with, and somebody wants to, you know, hey, closest one to the bull at 50 yards, you know, we'll, we'll put a beer on it or, you know... Some money, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy just shooting my bow in that setting. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that's fun. Yeah, but that, that, but not a field here. You're not gonna get much farther than that either. Nah. The woods are so thick. There's, yeah, there's too many variables for the letter X when you're in the woods around here. You know, it's not like we're out west. You you know you might have that 50 yard shot in the right woods setting, you know what I mean? If you're in some, like, big open hardwoods, but there's always that, like, off chance there's this branch that you just don't see, you know what I mean? Because you got poor eyesight out at 50 yards, and you don't see that minute, skinny, little forked branch sticking out over that deer's vitals. Well, I'm going to say, too, when you hear about uh, a guy
1: making an 80 or shot on a bull elk, I remember, too, that thing is times the size of white tail, right you know yeah my theory is you miss every shot you don't take if you're comfortable with it and you can shoot it you know i don't have a problem with anybody shooting any any distance shot you know right everybody's range is different you know every, everybody can hit different things at different distances and Bow speed has a lot to do with the arrow arrow build you know
0: yep you
1: know with some bows inside 40 yards is more dangerous than shooting outside 40 yards because the deer will react more outside 40 yards you know the deer is usually not going to hear it by the time the arrow gets there Right. Right. like 18 to 35 is kind of where deer duck you know inside 18 they're not really going to duck unless you've got like a recurve or you know this is for compounds, you know. And outside 35, 40 yards, they're really not going to duck by the time your arrow gets there. It's that 18 to 35 yard rule. And that's from a movie, uh, I think it's Bow Hunting October Whitetails is where I learned that. They kind of did a study on it that video. And some deer can drop, you know, foot to two feet in that 18
0: to 35. Yep. Outside
1: that, inside that, they really don't have that time to duck. <sighs>
0: And I think a lot of that has to do with whether you stop that deer before you squeeze that shot off or not, too. Yeah, if that deer's on alert,
1: it's going to duck as soon as it hears something. But I mean, if that deer's just feeding and it's just stopping I don't go on its own. And another thing I was always told is don't shoot a deer with its head down. Because they're just. They can duck way, way easier than they can if they're, their heads up. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. I, see, I'm. Just my shit, but I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know. I feel kind of indifferent about that. Like, so. Yeah, like a deer feeding is already kind of spring-loaded, ready to just drop. Right, right, right. I get that. I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm so like the, the least bit I can do to be detected in the woods like that that's me no matter what i do if i don't have to stop that deer to shoot it with my bow i'm not doing it i'm not doing it oh yeah unless they're running i don't stop them i'd rather shoot
1: a walking deer that's undisturbed than a deer that i stop and isn't an alert but like those ones i stopped last year they were running so i had to stop them and i shot her and then my buck was walking
0: i never said a word and i shot him right in the heart Oh yeah, I mean, like it I don't know i I've, I've heard that, that like the theory about never shooting a deer with its head down, but like you said though too like the the i guess at what distance that deer is at whenever you go to do that that plays a huge factor in that as well um, I don't know i I'm very passive in the woods, I guess, when it comes to bow hunting. But I don't know. And I don't and I've pretty much given up gun hunting anymore. Like like I went out more this year than I have in the past 5 and it's still less than 5 times. Ooh. Ooh, I forgot to, I forgot to tell you about the muzzleloader story. Oh, boy. So when I when I messaged you the other day about the whole muzzleloader thing, right? So here I am. Uh Last year, well, up until last year, I had a muzzleloader brand new sitting in the box that had never been shot. It was a birthday present, right? Okay. Never shot it. Never did anything with it. Um, a buddy of mine wanted to, uh he said, man, I've been looking for a muzzleloader. He said, but... He goes, I just don't know what to buy. I said, well, I'll tell you what. You can buy mine, like, dirt cheap. That way, if, you know, I want it back, you know, I can buy it back dirt cheap. Fair enough. So fast forward to, like, last freaking Saturday evening. I get done bow hunting, and I'm like, you can't even draw a bow back on any of these deer. You can't do anything around these deer because they're on such high alert. So I call my buddy Matt, and I'm like... You still got my loader, Yeah. You still got all the shit to shoot it? Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna buy it back, if you don't care. Alright. So, <clears throat> I go, after I get out of the woods, I go to his house. It's dark. I've never shot this gun in my entire life, or loaded it. I'm new to the muzzle loading game. So I put, you know, the two the two powder pellets in, and I put the bullet in with the rod, put my primer in, there's no scope on this gun either. It's a CVA Wolf, a little, little breakdown action. Yeah, that's what I'm running for. I'm just going straight off fiber optic sights, out his, off of his back porch, into this big 55 gallon blue plastic drum. Because I've never shot the damn thing in my entire life. And I just wanted to shoot it. Then I became kind of curious. So I shot it like two more times. And I told him. I said look I got a scope at the house. I'll come over in the morning. So all day Sunday morning. I'm getting stuff for this muzzleloader. I had to go find powder. Which was impossible. Thank God I didn't need to go buy. like Bullets for the damn thing. And I had plenty because I'd have been like SOL. Yeah. I shot that gun Sunday morning. Fourteen times. Decided in. And here I am, being a jackass, the whole time. You know, I get it where I want it, whatever. And I'm like, I go hunt. I have some does come in Sunday evening, but I'm like, I'm not here for that. Not yet. I still got all week. And then I thought to myself for a minute and I said, hold on, I don't have all week. I got online, checked the regulations again, and I was like, I have till Tuesday. So I spent all this time and money and effort to hunt one day. One day. I'm pissed. I'm actually thoroughly pissed. Yeah. So now you're ready for next year. Mm-hmm. Sure. I still gotta unload it. How far did you uh, shoot it out to? 100 yards or something? Nah, I put it like 2 inches high at 50. Okay. That's what I did. Um, I think to the, it was hitting an inch high at 100. And I couldn't believe how that thing was grouping. No, they're stupid accurate, man. They're ridiculous accurate. I think I might become one of those like quote unquote douches that goes straight bow and straight muzzleloader for everything from now on. I, don't
1: remember, but, uh, I got plenty of guns and I got nothing besides
0: the muzzleloader that's legal. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I got a bunch of guns. I don't even gun that anymore. I mean. I, I just I just love guns. Yeah. You know. See like you guys did uh, the... it up. I'm about to roll out of here. Alright, Justin. I'm I'm sorry to keep you keep you over. But, oh, you're good. Um, we can do it again, man. Anytime, brother. Anytime. You just let me know when. Sounds good. We're gonna recap after the season's over for sure. Oh yeah. I got a lot of bow hunting left to do. I think we all do. I, I I think I do. I don't know if I have the patience, but I'm still gonna try. So I don't have a bundle. That's my spear, <laughs> <laughs> brother. <laughs> One small issue. Yep. Ah. Well Joe, are you are you are you heading out too? You done? Uh yeah. Alright. Alright guys, well thank you for being on here this evening. Good catching up. <laughs> Good catching up. Um, until next time, though, you guys take care. Hey, you do, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Be good. All right. See All right. Well, that's going to wrap this podcast up with Justin and Joe from the Black Swamp crew. Uh, we kind of covered a lot of stuff there. Um,. Like all of our podcasts, they kind of start one way and then end another. Is, eh. And that was straight, like scripted, too. Just letting you guys know, not scripted, but like I had, I had you know, plans of a series of order, and uh, we strayed away from that. But that's straight out outdoors. But anyhow, so until next time, guys, this has been Richard signing off. Saying, see y'all later.